Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Welcome to Transformation Church. Let's give it up for Jesus one more time all across this place. Man, he's good and we are so excited that you're here. And uh, man, we're going to get into it today. And so everyone say shine. Say it one more time. Say shine. Look at the person next to you and say shine. Look back at him. We need to shine a tic-tac all over. That was terrible. No, I'm just kidding. We are excited that you're here. We're going to kick off part two and get straight into it. And we are excited because I believe God does have something he wants to tell us today. And uh, how many of y'all grew up with a grandma that could cook? Where y'all at? Grandmas that can cook. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. First service didn't have, we weren't, it wasn't good. All right, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm like, no wonder some of these young ladies don't have them. I mean, the grandmas couldn't. No, like, but we had, I had a grandma that could cook in the kitchen. I'm talking about cornbread, like good cornbread, collard greens, mac and cheese, right? But not that box mac and cheese. I'm talking about like real mac and cheese, that mac and cheese that takes like a day to make, right? I remember the first time I I was with some of my, I I can't help but say this, so don't get offended. I was with some of my white friends, okay? And we were, someone was making mac and cheese and they were putting eggs in it. And they were like, why are we putting eggs in mac and cheese? I was like, get out the kitchen right now. You don't have, you had no business being in here. But all that to say is, I had a grandma that could throw down in the kitchen. But how many of y'all know that you got to have the right, you got to, it's got to have the right seasoning, how many of y'all know if it don't have the right salt content, like I'm walking out of there needing six glasses of water if I eat some, some of my grandma's shit. Like I, I'm going to have to rehydrate completely, right? Um, and so I remember my grandma was cooking, and her cooking was fire. Homemade biscuits, but with a cast iron skillet. Okay, see now, all right, we're on the same page. The homemade gravy, but she uses the leftover grease from the sausage. Okay, all right, see. I can tell we're all in tune in the spirit right now. Like, maybe it's because we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting and some of y'all hadn't ate none of this in seven days. Y'all like, shut your mouth right now, all right? But I I remember growing up in that, and and I had a grandma that made some fire fried chicken, y'all. Like that fried chicken that when you bit into it, you was like, oh, okay. Like you done sold your soul for this, huh? And I remember uh, her making this fried chicken and... uh, but one thing I remember was like when I bit into it and you, when you first hit that skin, the crispy skin that has just the right level of saltiness. Because how many know you got to have the right level of saltiness with that chicken? Like y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? So we're on the same page. I'm not talking about KFC. Okay. All right. Good. Good, 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 good. Perfect. You got to have the right level of saltiness. Let's go to the story of Joseph. This all makes sense in a second. I know some of y'all are like, what does this have to do with Joseph? I'll explain it to you in just a second. Genesis 41, 37 through 40. Genesis 41, 37 through 40. That's where we're going to be today. And we're going to move out of this in just a little bit. But the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? one in whom is the Spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Well, that sounds good, don't it? 
Joseph is given control. It's like, man, this is, a, this is a, an incredible moment for Joseph right here. But I want you to have this understanding today because I want to talk to you about what life throws at you. How many of you have plans in your life? You got plans. I want to do this. I'm going to accomplish this. Career, promotion, degree, kids, not losing their minds or whatever. Like whatever it is for you. Like I have plans in my life. And all of us have plans for the future. But here's what I want to know. How many of us have a strategy for the struggle? You see, all of us know what it look, knows what we want our life to look like, and we, we know when things are going to go right. Like we have a plan for the future, and if everything goes according to plan, it's going to be beautiful. But do you have a strategy for your struggle? Do you have a plan for your pain? And do you have a compass that's going to keep you pointed due north in the middle of your chaos? You see, everybody's got a plan, but do you have a strategy for your struggle? Because how many of you know life gives you more struggles than it does following your plans? So what I want to talk to you about today is those seasons when life doesn't go the way you thought it would go. <laughs> 2020 taught us that. Can I get an amen? Like 2020 taught us like life just don't go out of, you know. I remember there was one moment I sat on my couch for a week. Uh, we had just gotten the orders. Uh, we were still portable at the time. I, we had just gotten the orders from AMC. said, you can't have church here no more. And I was like, uh-huh. Like, what, what is a church? I'm a pastor. What does a church do that doesn't have church? Right? Like, I was just like, uh, so are we going to call each other? I don't know. Like, I was just I was confused. So for like a week, I just sat on the couch like, God, you're going to have to help me out right Why? Because I had a plan for our growth, but I didn't have a strategy for this. See, what do you do in the seasons of your life when things don't go the way you thought they were going to go? What do you do in your life when that promotion you were banking on doesn't come through? What do you do in your life when that degree you've been working towards doesn't happen? What do you do in your life when all of the health plans and all the things happen and all of a sudden you get a doctor's note that completely knocks you off track? Do you have a strategy for your struggle? Because I'm here to tell you today that life will throw you things you aren't ready for and you have to be locked into where God is leading you. Otherwise, you'll get derailed on your plan. So do you have a strategy in your marriage for when things don't go right? Do you have a strategy in your business? Do you have a strategy in your life? And I want to ask you a question. Have you ever dealt with seasons of your life that just made you salty? Now, for some of y'all, you have no idea what that means. Let me help you out. See, salty, sometimes you may have heard the kids say. And when I say kids, I mean like under 40 at this point. But like, like, that person is so salty. What they mean is that it's not that they have... It means that they're bitter or frustrated or angry or petty or, oh, God, now i got to explain petty. Okay, so petty, no, I'm just kidding. So, but, like, why are they so salty? So you ever met someone that was just in a bad mood? they just salty. So just say, say salty. Look at the person next to you. Why are you so salty? God, yeah. You're just salty, right, just in a bad mood. But here's what I want to ask the question on. Have you dealt with so much struggle lately that it's made you salty? Have you dealt with seasons lately that have made you salty? Have things in your life and in this world started making you salty? Are you still shining the bright light about Jesus? Or are you the person that everyone's avoiding because you're so salty? 
You see, God wants us to live a life that goes a little different because here's the real thing that we have to understand. The real struggle is not out there. It's in here. You see, what happens in the world doesn't control us, but what we think about and how we respond to what happens in the world is what controls us. The real struggle isn't at your job, it's in your mind. The real struggle isn't in your marriage, it's in your mind. The real struggle isn't the situations and the circumstances that surround you. Hear me today, it's in your mind. And so if we aren't looking at what's going on on the inside, whatever's going on on the outside won't matter. Because the real struggle is on the inside. But what we just read about Joseph doesn't seem to line up with what I'm talking about. Like, we just read the good part of Joseph's life. But here's the deal. If you don't read chapters, the chapters before chapter 41, if you don't read 37 and 38 and 39, you don't understand how you're supposed to appreciate chapter 41. And for many of us, we've gotten our life caught up in 37, 38, and 39, and we've forgotten that if we don't do what God is calling us to do through those chapters, we never get to chapter 41. We never get to the part where God starts to show us what he's doing in our life and how he's going to do it and the blessings that he has for it. Because we get caught up then, we don't get to go to where God's taking us to in the future. And what I'm here to tell you is what we do with those seasons dictate where God takes us in our future. So we have to find ourselves in the place of dealing with what I like to call salty seasons. Turn your neighbor and say salty seasons. We got to deal with salty seasons. So to catch you up on the story of Joseph, if you are unaware of that story, Joseph is a son to a father. It's, he's the father's favorite son and youngest son. So the father gives him a coat of many colors. And that coat represents favor. So Joseph has a dream that all of his brothers are going to bow down to him one day. Now, can I tell you something? If you have a dream like that, don't pop off on it to your siblings. Be like, fellas, guess what I just found out? All y'all are going to bow down to me one day. Like, like, someone get them out of here. Someone, like, deal with it. You know, right? And so the brothers throw him in a pit and take his coat. But here's what I want you to understand today. For some of us, we're looking at people's lives that are blessed and we're frustrated. But I want you to understand something about being blessed. The blessed aren't the blessed because of the blessing. The blessed are the blessed because of the blesser. You see, the blessed aren't the blessed because of what they've got. The blessed aren't the blessed because of the car, because of the house, because of the things, because of the job, because of the bank account. The blessed aren't the blessed because of the blessing. They're the blessed because of the blesser. You see, too many of us are getting caught up in not having the blessing that we're frustrated in life. We're too busy trying to get bitter. We're too busy, frustrated, and can't figure out why we don't have the blessing that they have. We don't have the blessing that we feel like we should have. Not realizing that blessing is never about the blessing. It's always about the blesser. See, too many of us are focused on the gifts, but we're not looking for the giver of the gifts. Too many of us are focused on what we don't have. We're not realizing what God is trying to give us. See, if we'll get the blesser, if we'll get the giver, we'll get the blessings and we'll get the gifts. But God's not trying to give us what we shouldn't have. He's trying to give us what we should have. But if we'll go after the one that we should have, we'll get all the things we need to have. But in our life, especially in this Instagram, Facebook world, we're always looking at the blessings we don't have rather than looking at the blesser that we do have. Not realizing that if we would pursue with every bit of our heart the blesser, the king, God, Jesus, if we would pursue the blesser, the one that can give, he won't just give us the blessings, but we'll know that we have the one that can restore everything when it feels like it's falling apart. You see, I want you to understand this. The favor wasn't on the coat. It was on the person. 
But so many times we're busy looking at coats that we forget the blessings on the person. God, I don't have the coat. God's saying, you don't need the coat. Because the favor was never on the coat, it was on the person. God, I feel like you just, I, I, I feel like things are falling apart. Listen, they can be falling apart because it's never been about that. It's always been about me. God's saying, if you'll be focused on the giver, you won't have to worry about the gifts. But God wants us to get into this understanding because being blessed was never about the blessing. It was always about the blesser. That's why God wants us connected to him. We're in day eight of 21 days of prayer. The reason we do that, we kick the year off that way, is because we're trying to help everyone, myself included, all of us, get connected to God at the beginning of this year, realizing that what we need is not more things in life. What we need is the only thing in life. 21 days of prayer, Bible reading plan, all of that exists. Why? Because we need to be connected to God. Look at somebody and say, you need to be connected to him. Come on, look at three people around you and say, get connected. So God is trying to connect us to him. So, so let's go because I want to show you some things that happen in those seasons. Are you ready? Are you ready? Four people are ready. Are you ready? Yes. Tell your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Yes. This is interactive today. I'm telling you, I better give me something. I'm going to give you something. It's going to be great. Okay, so let's go. Genesis 37 is where we pick up the story because I want to show you what happened when, he get put, uh, when his brothers were dealing with him. You see, we think God is punishing us in seasons of the pit. We think that when pit seasons come along, that's God's way of showing us all the things we did wrong. So now we're getting punished in our pit. Genesis 37, 23 through 24 says, So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore. And they took him and threw him into the pit. Say pit. Everyone at home, you're still in your pajamas. We're all here. Say pit. You're at Starbucks right now with a barista. Say pit. Okay, very good. Thank you for joining in, everyone. Okay, like, so, so there's a Starbucks worker. Like, what is going on right now? Okay, so, so what's happening is Joseph gets thrown into the pit. But here's the thing. Every, the, the pit represents every moment in your life where you felt like it wasn't fair. The pit represents every season of your life where you feel like, God, why is God doing I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. How come God's doing this to me? God, how come you forgot about me? How come I did all the good things, but I feel like I'm getting all the bad things? You see, what we unintentionally do is we try to hedge our good stuff against God to make sure that we don't get any of the bad stuff. God, I did this. How come you're not doing this? Like God is a poker player and we're trying to put chips on the table. But what God comes to the scene to say is, listen, the pit has never been about whether or not I'm punishing you. Listen, God will always use the pit for us to learn to submit. God will always use the season of the pit, the place where you feel like things aren't fair, the times where you feel like God has let you down, where you feel like he forgot about you, those moments where you feel like he isn't coming through for you, those moments where you feel like, God, where are you? I look everywhere. you like Job. I look in front of me. I look behind me. I look to the left. I look to the right, and I just can't find you. And I'm here to tell you today that in those seasons, those aren't the seasons where you become frustrated. Those are the seasons where God's saying, are you going to submit to me even when you feel like things aren't going your way? And it's in those seasons where we learn to submit that God shows us that even when things aren't going your way, the favor isn't on the coat. It's on the person. Come on, I'm going to need y'all to help me out with that. The favor isn't on the coat. It's on the, one more time, the favor isn't on the coat. It's on the, 
So whenever you are going through a situation at your work tomorrow and you feel like things aren't fair, you got to remember the favor is not on the coat. It's on the when your marriage feels jacked up and you feel like everything's going wrong, you got to remember that the favor is not on the coat. It's on the Whenever you feel like you got skipped over on that promotion, you worked hard, you did the work, and all of a sudden you realize it feels like God's not coming through you, but the favor's not on the code, it's on the, whenever you go through some health issues and you feel like whatever's happening to you isn't fair, you prayed the prayer, you anointed, you prayed the, the faith, the all thing, all the stuff you did, but it doesn't feel like it's coming through. Why is God letting me down? You got to remember that favor's not on the code, it's on the, because it's never been about what you have, it's always been about what God is making you. Because favor's not on the coat, it's on the, let's go. God will always use the pit to help us learn to submit. See, I don't like to submit in my life because if I'm being completely honest, I got trust issues and control issues. You see, the reason why you have a problem submitting to what the Lord has called you to isn't because God's unfair, it's because you got trust issues. It's because you got control issues. You'll trust God with your eternity, but you won't trust him with your now. Okay. I said, God, I I trust you with heaven, but I don't trust you on earth. Why? Because I don't know if you're going to do what I want you to do the way I want you to do it. Because if you were me, or if I were you, this is the way I would do it. But the thing is, if we did things the way, or if God did things the way we want him to do things, we'd never be in the pit. But if we were never in the pit, we'd never learn to submit. And God wants to use those seasons of your life to help you submit. Uh, in each one of these seasons, I'm going to have a don't let. Okay, are you ready? Don't let your salty season in the pit cause you to doubt what God promised. You see, Joseph had a dream that this was going to happen. And the very moment he tells someone his dream, it feels like every possible way that that dream could have happened falls apart. But don't let the pit cause you to doubt what God promised. You may not see how it's going to happen, but if God has given it to you, hear me, it's going to happen. Because God is faithful. And so he is going through this season. In Psalms uh, 23, 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. It means everything that you need is already in God. Everything that you need to get through that promotion that feels like it's falling apart, the health issue, your marriage that feels like it's falling apart. Listen, everything you need is already, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. But here's the problem. We can't see the favor that's on us because we're too busy complaining about the coats other people have. Well, God, I see that they wild out in their marriage, but they seem blessed. They look like they're losing their minds, but everything seems to be going good for them. It seems like nothing they do even resembles you, but it looks like they got everything together. Listen to me. Lean in for a second. All of you online, I want you to grab a hold of this. Don't confuse what looks like blessing with material things. Because they may have the better car, but they also got the better, uh, I'm sorry, they may have the better car, but they also have the better car note. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, they may have a bigger house, but they also got the bigger house note. They got the bigger mortgage. Listen, they may have the bigger bank account, it looks like. They may have more of those things, but they also may have more debt. Listen to me. They may have the things that look like you want. It may look like they got the better coat, but hear me, the coat, the favor's not on the coat. Favor's on the person, right? And so as we start looking at what other people have, going, God, how come I don't have that? God, how come I, if you were blessing me, you would have gave me that? 
I've been praying for that, but you haven't come through for that for me. How come I don't have all the things that I feel like I should have? And we get on Instagram and we see people going to Bermuda and Dubai and Paris. I don't know what kind of friends y'all have, but like we see people just doing all kinds of stuff. We're going, God, how come I don't have the coat they have? And God says, they don't even have that coat. They're just pretending to have that coat. Because with that coat that you think they have also comes their anxiety, their depression, their marriage that's falling apart, their debt issues. Listen to me. Don't get caught in the pursuit of chasing a coat you were never supposed to have. But what if we started going after favor, not the coat? What if we stopped looking at the blessing and we started looking at the blesser? Because when we have God, we have all that we need because the favor is not on the coat. The favor is on the person. So Joseph gets sold into slavery. He's in slavery, ends up at Potiphar's house, right? Joseph rises through the ranks because the favor wasn't on the coat, it was on the person. Genesis 39, 25, or 2 through 5 says this, the Lord was with Joseph. I want you to say that with me. The Lord was with Joseph. How many of you have ever felt like in the seasons that life wasn't going your way, God left you? We see in Joseph's life that even after he was, the coat was taken, even after he got put in the pit, even after he got sold into slavery, even after he got put in Potiphar's house, the Lord was with Joseph. Don't you think for a second that God left you because things aren't going your way? The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight. Even when he was being ruled over, he found favor because favor wasn't on the coat. It was on the person. I want you to understand something, because you're going to come to seasons of frustration in your life where you feel like you put in all the work, but you're not getting out any of the blessing. Listen to me. your faithfulness and your frustration leads to God's favor. Your faithfulness in your frustration leads to God's favor. Listen, God's looking to see how you're going to be faithful in the situations that make you frustrated. Your boss has lost their mind, right? The people you work with are going crazy. Your kids, God only knows at this point, right? Like, like whatever is going on in your life, listen to me, there are aspects of this journey that will make you so frustrated, but stay faithful in your frustration because God's looking for your faithfulness to show you his favor. But, but in our life, it's so hard to be faithful when we're frustrated, isn't it? Oh, let's be real for a second. Only four of us are talking about it. I said, it's hard to be faithful when you are frustrated. It's hard to be faithful when you don't feel like things are going your way. But James 1.12 in the message says this, anyone who meets a testing challenge head on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons loyally in love with God and the reward is life and more life. You see, your faithfulness is leading you to the life God has for you. But hear me, don't let your salty season cause you to stoop below God's character. Don't let your salty season cause you to stoop below God's character. Listen to me, and I want you to grab a hold of this. Don't let the fact that you're frustrated cause you to start texting that person that you used to date even though you're married now. Don't let your frustration with where you're currently at and feeling like God has let you down cause you to start going to those websites that you used to go to and God has delivered you from. Don't let what you used to go through or don't let, you, don't let what's going on now cause you to be so frustrated that you stop being faithful to what God has called you to and you start pursuing the things that God freed you from. 
Don't let your frustration lead you to go back to that addiction. Go back to that person. Go back to that problem. Hear me. God's grace pulled you out of it. Don't let your frustration lead you back into it. Because our faithfulness in our frustration will lead us to God's favor. So what are we looking for from God? And what are we remaining in to see God bring to us? The Bible is riddled with, it is full of moments where God says, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. Now the beautiful part is, the only place that doesn't happen is salvation. Because it's never been, if you do this, then I'll do this. That's the only moment in the Bible said, I've done this, now do this. But from that moment on, God says, listen, if you want to walk in favor, be faithful. If you want to receive, give. Everything about God doesn't make sense. He says, so if you want this, then do this. And if you do this, I'll do this. The thing is, is for many of us, we're looking for what we're getting from God, but we're not looking for God. But if we'll be faithful in the seasons of frustration, we can experience God's favor. So then Joseph gets thrown in prison because Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape. So listen, my man went from the pit to being sold into slavery, gets put in the palace, and gets favor. Ooh, things are looking better. I mean, it's still bad, but it's looking better. Then Potiphar's wife, who he works for, accuses him of rape. And then he gets thrown in prison. Now, at this point, me and God would be having conversations, y'all. Like, sir, I have a few, I have a few questions. Because all I ever did was tell my brothers this dream. And all of them are idiots. So what did I do wrong? And here's what I want you to understand. In seasons where you feel like you did something wrong, remember that it's salty seasons that require faithfulness. And so he gets put in prison. So now he's in prison. Still hadn't done anything. He gets put in prison. Genesis 39, 21 through 22. And this is what it says. But the Lord was with Joseph. Again, you see, because even if you get to your lowest point, it doesn't mean that God lets you go. It means he's with you there. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Fellas, ladies, listen to me for a second. Joseph is a prisoner and his favor let him as a prisoner be put in charge of all the prisoners that were in the prison. Listen, I've been to a, to a few prisons in my life. There are no prisoners that are in charge of prisoners at the prison. Joseph gets favor. Why? Because the favor wasn't on the coat. The favor was on the person. Like God's saying, if you'll trust me, even in seasons you don't understand, you may not understand how it's going to happen, but favor doesn't have to be on what you lost. Favor isn't identified in what you don't have anymore. Favor, favor isn't identified in the house that you lost or the marriage that fell apart or the job you used to have. Favor is identified in being with me. Because it's not about the coat. Favor is on the person. Y'all going to remember one thing from this sermon. Like something about a coat and a person. That's all. That's <laughs> Somebody online right now, look at the person next to you that you have no idea who they are. Favor's on, not on the coat. It's on the, say it with me, it's the person. Very good. So he goes to prison. He's put in charge of the prisoners in the prison. That doesn't happen ever, but it happens when God is on your side. And it's in the prison that Joseph had to learn a very valuable lesson. Because you've got to look to God to help you let go 
of your letdowns. You've got to look to God to help you let go of your letdowns. But you don't understand my life was supposed to go this way. I was supposed to do this thing. You got to look to God to help you let go of your letdowns. Because hear me, it wasn't God that let you down. It was your expectations that let you down. Your plan fell apart, but that doesn't ever mean it was God's. Or your plan fell apart because it was always God's plan to use what you went through to bring you back to the blesser instead of being consumed by the blessing. God says, look for me and you'll have all that you need. Listen to me. Some of you have been through hurts and pains that other people in this room may not even be able to fathom or understand. You might have been abused. You might have been hurt. You might have had struggle. You might have experienced pain that, is, that goes beyond ways you can, you can put into words to the people that are around you right now. You say, Brad, you don't know what I've been through. Fair enough. I don't know what you've been through. Here's what I know. That you've got to let go of your letdown. The only way that it controls you is if you let what happened yesterday control your tomorrow. You see, it doesn't have to own you anymore, but you're going to have to let go of that letdown. Brad, you don't know. You just don't know. Friend, you don't know. You don't know that I lost my son two years ago. You don't know that my brother was in a motorcycle accident, was in a coma for a month. You don't know the struggles that I've gone through. But here's the deal. I don't let my yesterday control my tomorrow because I let go of my letdowns. Because the favor of God, I didn't even say this in the first service, but I believe some of you need to hear this. The favor of God is never measured by what you do and don't have. It's measured by the grace with arms Jesus spread wide on the cross. The favor of God is not established in your blessing. The favor of God is established in your blesser. And God's got you. God's got you. May your pain not compare to your promise in your future. Let's finish. You got to let go of your letdowns. So don't let your salty season cause you to lose sight of the dream that God has for you. He's not done with you yet. His promises are still yes and amen. His plans are still here for you. So don't let, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in the hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Man, God's beauty is here. This is where we pick up right here at chapter 41 that we started the sermon with. So now that you have context, hear me, some of us are ready to live in chapter 41. 
that Pharaoh puts us over stuff, that things are good. Man, we are in control. Life is amazing. Like, let's go. Chapter 41. Say chapter 41. So let's go. Chapter 41. That's where favor is at. Hear me. If you don't get through 37 to 39, you never get to 41. So if you don't go through your pit and realize that's where God wants you to submit, if you don't get into chapter 39 and realize that it's your faithfulness and your frustration that leads to God's favor, if you don't get to chapter 39 and realize I got to let go of some of these letdowns, you never get to 41 where the blessing and the favor and the anointing and the hope and the joy and the purpose is at where Christ Jesus restores all broken things back to himself for your life. Hear me today. God is looking to do the things in your life that you already let go of why because the favor was never on the coat it was on the person so joseph stands in front of the king in front of pharaoh pharaoh says i'm putting you over everything now that's this is the cliff notes version of this story you can read the whole thing so i started today talking about being in grandma's kitchen where some fire food was being made. And so I saw her one day, and, and uh, I like to cook because I like to eat, so whatever. Yeah, mind your business. So, uh, so I, I, I was in there one day, and we were getting ready to make fried chicken. So I said, yes, Lord, because we need to know this secret. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so she takes a bowl out of the refrigerator that the fried chicken was in, and buttermilk. Now, I said, Grams, I don't know. What is, what is, what is this? What it, come on now. I've never seen this before. What is this delicacy, right? So I, I was like, what, what is going on here? And she said, oh, baby, this has been soaking since yesterday. I said, I said, every time I've ever seen fried chicken, they sprinkle some season on top, they batter it, they fry it, right? And she said, baby, that's why all you want is the skin, because you've never tasted what it's like to have the flavor within. I said, help me. I don't, she said, when you just sprinkle some seasoning on top, it just gets on the outside. She said, we got to put it in some buttermilk and let it sink overnight, because What happens is what's on the outside produces something different on the inside. You see, the pit that you've been in, that thing that's on the outside is going to start producing something different on the inside. You see, that frustration on the outside, when you feel like things aren't going your way, it's going to start producing something different on the inside. You see, where you started to release faith and you started to lose hope those seasons where that starts happening what happens is the, the more you remain faithful and the more you stay in the season all the things that are happening on the outside is going to start to produce something different on the inside and it's not just going to look like everybody else where blessing was just sprinkled on top it looks like their life is good but they don't have something on the inside that you've got it looks like they've got all the things together because it's sprinkled on top but they're missing something that's stirring up on the inside they're missing the flavor on the inside they're missing hope They're missing joy. They're missing faith. They're missing perseverance. They're missing righteousness. They're missing the glory of God on the inside. Listen, don't get consumed by what you see on the outside because it's what's on the inside that makes it different than everybody else. You see, God wants to use your salty seasons to give you favor and flavor. You say, what in the world does that mean? 
Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. That means that you are here to bring flavor to a world that has none. Your friend circle, your work, your neighborhood, you're the one that's supposed to show up to the bland, soulless, spiritless, godless party and start bringing some flavor of Jesus into the room. You're the salt of the world, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how it can be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. He goes on to say, which is the theme verse for the month, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. What does that look like? That means when you're in your pit, let your good deeds shine. When you're in that season of frustration, let those good deeds shine. When, when you're in the middle of your letdown, let your good deeds shine. Let your life Show the world around you that you are trusting in Jesus, even if you feel like you might be losing your trust in Jesus. Let your confidence, let your faith, let your hope build you up. Why? Because you're the light of the world. And if that happens, that last part of the verse says, and you, they will glorify your Father in heaven. That means God wants to use your life to shine a light to the world around you, that they would see that although I've been in a pit, although I've been frustrated, although I've been let down, I'm still trusting in the blesser because the favor isn't on the coat. Favor's not on the pit. Favor's not on the freedom away from the prison. The favor's not on who I serve under at Pharaoh's or, or Potiphar's house. Favor's not on the coat. Favor's not on that house you're trying to buy. Favor's not in that promotion you're trying to get. Favor's not in all the things in your marriage you're trying to do. Favor's not in that vacation. Favor's not in that paycheck. Favor's not in that bank account. Hear me. Favor's on the person. Because it's not about the blessing. It's about the blesser. It's not about the gifts. It's about the giver. God's got you. And so I want to encourage you today as you leave that you would live a life that shines bright in dark places. That you would live a life that shines, that your life would not be salty, the way we talked about earlier, just salty. Mm. Salty. Okay, salty Susan. Sorry if your name's Susan. I can't see anyone out there. So I don't know who, if there's a Susan here or not. Well, salty Sarah. We picked on Susan once before, right? So just salty. Hear me. Let's stop being salty. But let's, like, let's start living a life that produces favor and flavor like salt would. The last part of your notes, let all the reasons you have to lose your flavor cause you to walk in favor. God's got you. He has you. He's taking care of you. And he wants to lead you, guide you, hold you, move you, encourage you, walk with you, and see to it that your life is a light that will shine in dark places. Let's pray today. God, we thank you. We thank you, God, that we can trust in you in seasons that are so frustrating and tiresome and we don't understand. But God, you're so good. And for some of us, that's just even been a hard phrase to put together. But God, you're so 
good. So God, for those of us who are in the pit, God, I pray that you use that season to help us submit and to you, God, I pray that in seasons of frustration, God, you would show us that it's our faithfulness that leads to favor. God, I pray that in seasons where we've just been let down, God, if we feel like you forgot about us, God, you would just show us and encourage us to realize that we can let go of our letdowns, God. We can look to you because you still have a promise. You still have a purpose. You still have a hope for us. So we look to you, God, to lead us and to guide us. We love you today. Help us be the light in the middle of the darkness. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you need God in your life. You're here today and you need God in your life. What I mean by that is this. You need to surrender your life to Jesus as king. You see, for many of us, our life can't be surrendered. Our life seems, it seems too hard to get there because it is a life that seems like it's just been too bad. I've gone too far. I've done too much. I, there's no way. But hear me, here's the beauty of the gospel, of what Jesus did for us. Your sin separates you from God, just like mine did and all of ours in here. But with your sin that separates you from God, Jesus said, you know what, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to die and I want to pay for that. So that the very thing that separated you from God would be paid for by the Son of God, who is Jesus, so that your relationship could be restored back to God. And so the things that have kept you from God, I'm here to tell you, Jesus has made a way for you to be back with him. And here's what the Bible says, that all you have to do is put your faith in him, that he paid for your sins on the cross, and that you could be restored back to God. So today, if you need to put your faith in Jesus, today, if you need your sins to be paid for, today, if you want God to take control of your life and start living a life with him, he's ready and we're ready to help. So today, if that's you, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me and this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer puts words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm trusting in you and I'm putting my faith in you. The whole church is going to pray with you, pray it together with you so that you're not praying by yourself. But if you pray this prayer and you believe it in your heart, that faith alone will make you saved. So church, let's pray together with our brothers and sisters that are putting their faith in Jesus today. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me whole. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for me. So I put my faith in you. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll give you my whole life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, can we put our hands together for all those that prayed that today? Man, we welcome you. It's amazing. We are so excited. So here's the deal. We want to let you know that if you prayed that prayer today or if you're new, we want to invite you to grab that Connect card again. And there's some boxes on there that you can check that said I made a decision for Jesus today or anything like that. Or it's, I'm, it's my first time or I'm new here at TC. And you can drop them in the buckets on the way out. Or you can take them by the Connect Center where our team would love to meet you 
and get to know you. Just shake your hand if you can or, or just hear your name. Because, again, this isn't the end of your journey. This is the beginning of a brand new one. And God's got some amazing things in store for you. Because the favor is not on the coat. It's on the person. All right. Go and stand to your feet with us all across this place. Just a reminder, we got next steps after the service. So you can join us for that down the hallway if you want to start taking your next steps with, with God and the church. But let's get ready to sing with our team as we get ready to end service today. We'll see you in the lobby.